Good morning, Promisers, man. Woo! What great worship. It is so thrilling to have you from all of our campuses, from Campbell and Anderson and North, from our Blount County campus, our internet campus, the Pellissippi campus, God Behind Bars. We start at Bledsoe County Correctional next month. Loudoun County campus coming this summer. Sevier County coming soon. God is on the move. Well, you saw that video next weekend. We are so blessed to have Dr. John Maxwell come. John has been a friend of mine since 1991. Actually, I, in my first or second book, I wrote of an encounter I had with him early on. He is, he is uh, just the number one leadership expert on the planet, and uh, he's going to be here. It's hard to get John, but I called and said, hey, man, come on, John, do a weekend. He said, be glad to. It's a great opportunity to invite friends and family. It's even a better opportunity to invite business acquaintances that you've not sort of figured out how to connect with. Almost everybody in business knows who John is. Probably, I don't know, 50, 80 million books, 80 different uh, books out. And uh, his last 15, all bestsellers, all business books. And so it's a great weekend. Those cards are in your chairs at all of our campuses. Those cards are also at, key, at the kiosks. Information at all the campuses. Get a stack. Give them out, invite them. It's going to be a great weekend. Well, I just want to tell you how just privileged, how unbelievably just blown away I am about the, just the ability, just what God has done and let me be your pastor. I love you guys so much, uh, so grateful for the opportunity and honestly, uh, the responsibility of, of, the, of the privilege of speaking the word of God to you every weekend. I want you to know, I don't take that lightly. Man, I'm, I'm literally every day in the Word, every day in my prayer closet, seeking the Spirit of God because of the, part, part of it is the stewardship of being able to communicate to thousands and thousands of people every weekend and what that means to be, to, to the best of my ability to study, to show thyself approved so that I can rightly divide the Word of truth. So continue to pray. It's amazing. Man, just thank you again for the privilege of being your pastor God has answered our prayer, and we have hit 2016 like a holy hammer. Man, we are moving. We are just rocking. Last weekend, the first weekend we've ever broken 7,000 in a regular weekend. Amen. Praise God. Over 7,000 people. This weekend will probably be over 7,000. So that weekend, that record last weekend, we'll break that record this weekend. And then we'll break this weekend's record next weekend. Amen. Come on, man. We just make him and break him. Make him and break him. Make him and break him, baby. Moving on. This past Wednesday, 1,020 in our student ministry across our campuses. Exciting, exciting, exciting. And so what we've done is really we've obeyed the Scripture and we have stepped out by faith this year. We stepped out by faith in writing a book for you. Uh, and I, I have to tell you, as I wrote that, poured over that, then I had several staff members and volunteers edit, and I had several staff members walk in and sit down and say, okay, Pastor, listen, man, I, I love you. This book is great. Could you tone it down just a little? Because people are going to think that you're charismatic. They're going to think that, by the way, the word charismatic means grace gifts, which, man, you know, I love the grace gifts. It, 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 well, people are going to think you're name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, you know, materializing Mercedes. They're gonna, I said, you know, we're not backing up. Because, see, our problem, if, uh, uh, and so we're pressing because 
Our deal at Faith Promise, we're not over-the-top faith people claiming everything. Our problem is that most of us are on the negative side of things. Is that a fair statement? So I said, we're going to push it all the way over to the edge. So I couldn't be more proud, literally, of thousands of people who've never really walked through the doors of spiritual disciplines who are now reading every day. They're doing the homologia, the confession time. They're in the Bible reading plan. Man, I'm just getting covered up with responses and emails. And so, man, it's ecstatic to see what God is doing. I have some good news. This is the last, begins the last week of the fast. And so there are people saying, hallelujah, praise God. You won't say that aloud, but your stomach is saying, thank you. And so uh, as we think about this year, God has laid out an agenda this year that as we backed up and started looking at it, man, it made our stomachs hurt. You know, it said, wow, this is, this is, this is radical. We're already praying for 17,000 Easter weekend. That makes my stomach hurt a little. How many services? What do we need to do to accommodate that? We believe hundreds of people will be saved, baptized, be the greatest weekend we've ever had. And so I want to I cover a topic with you this weekend that when you hear it, you're going to like it, but when I get done, you won't. Because it goes against the world that we live in. But do you want your faith to increase? Anybody want your faith to increase? Then you're, then you're going to have to get this bedrock principle from Genesis through the book of Revelation, and this is that it's very simple. Faith takes the what? The second step. The last step. Faith takes the first step. It is, op- it is completely through the Word of God. It is opposite to everything that you have been taught outside of church and half the stuff you were taught inside church. It's opposite to where, how you went to school, how you're educated, how you're trained. Because, see, this world it's seeing is believing. This world, you've got to calculate it to comprehend it. You've got to be able to reason it out before you will receive it. There's got to be some sight before there's some action. Because in this world, seeing is... But Jesus said this in John 20, 29. Blessed are they who do, did not see, and yet they what? He tells this to Thomas, doubting Thomas. Jesus shows up, and there's, there's, of course, Judas is dead. That leaves 11, and Thomas is gone. Jesus shows up, and the disciples are ecstatic. They're unbelievable. The next day, Thomas shows up, and they said, dude, you really missed it. Now, have you ever told someone or someone told you you should have been in your church last week, and you really missed it? Well, this is that to a whole nother level. Jesus was here, and you missed it. And Thomas said, I don't believe it. That's a bunch of bull. It didn't happen. I watched him be crucified. I watched him die. I watched him bury him. There's no way. I won't believe it until I put my finger in the hole in his hand and my fist in the hole in his side. Well, about that time, Jesus shows up again. Tommy, come here, buddy. Yeah, come here, come here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thomas falls on his knees, said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, hey, that's great that you believe. But you believe because you've what? More blessed are they who have not seen, and yet they. He's talking about us. He's talking about you and me. We believe and we have not seen. Now, the theme for the year is without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11.6. But let's look at Hebrews 11.1. Now, faith is. Faith is what we're talking about increasing. So what is it? It's the assurance of things that are hoped for. It means the things that are not. We're hoping for things that are not. That's faith. It's also the conviction of things that we cannot what? 
See, it's what we haven't seen. So it's what has not come to fruition yet. Let's look at those two words. Assurance means to place under a substructure or a firm foundation. Now, Jesus said, the wise man builds his house on the what? On the rock. And he said, when the winds blow and the waves crash in and the water comes up, the house stands. The foolish man builds his house on the Saying, see, it is we're building our house, our faith on the assurance that we place under. We are promisers, believing the promises of God. Our superstructure, our substructure is the Word of God, and we have a firm foundation of faith, and we are absolutely immoved in the deal that He is Lord. Is that right? All right, so conviction means this conviction is a proof of or that by which a thing is tested or proven. A conviction is something that we believe, and what I call conviction, a made-up mind. Daniel, when he was taken as a prisoner of war, as a teenager from Jerusalem to Babylon under the king, of, uh, king Nebuchadnezzar, and he said, get all the good-looking young men and bring them in and train them, teach the language and the, everything of the Chaldeans, and we're going to bring them in. Daniel comes in, and they set food before Daniel, and this is what it said in the first chapter of Daniel. Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or the wine with which he drank. Because the food that was placed before Daniel was contrary to the Levitical dietary laws of a good Jewish man or woman. And so he made up his mind. Conviction is a made-up mind. It's like this. If you're a student or, or a young adult or you're, a, you're single, I don't care how old you are, a conviction is deciding before you go on the date, I will not move my zipper. Okay, you didn't like that. That's all right. <laughs> See, my goal is not for you to like it. See, a conviction is a made-up mind. I'm going to stay pure until I get married. I don't care if you've been divorced. I don't care where you've been. Then I'm going to stay sexually pure. It's a conviction. And so when you go on a date, you take your Bible, lay it between you, and he's got to climb over Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to get to you. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> or sometimes, men, she's climbing over. Because it's a different day that I grew up in. When I grew up, the guy was always the aggressor. It's not that way anymore. It's equal opportunity today, baby. It's just equal opportunity. So it's a made-up mind. I made up my mind that this is the Word of God. I made up my mind that I'll spend my life building the church of God. See, a conviction is a made-up mind. Are you all with me? So would you, do you believe that faith takes the first step? Absolutely. Okay. Listen, if you've got your Bible, turn to Joshua chapter 3, and we're going to look at an amazing picture that God gives us of faith taking the first step. In context, Moses is dead. All the people that tried to enter the promised land the first time are dead. And so now they're on the wrong side of the Jordan. Joshua is the leader. And this next generation is attempting to cross the Jordan and enter the promised land for the second time, right? They, their parents did not make it. Why? They did not have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, I can do all things. They did not believe God or trust God. By the way, let me tell you, they saw more miracles than any generation that's ever lived. And they still didn't believe God. So, they're, so they, they don't believe God. They miss it. They chase their tail for 40 years in the wilderness, and they all die. Now, their kids are ready to go in to the promised land. I will tell you something. This past Wednesday, I said over 1,000 kids and workers. This weekend, almost 2,000 
preschool children and workers in our kids' ministry. Almost 3,000 people involved with our next generation ministry. Let me ask you a question. If you're listening, say, I am. What kind of legacy will we leave for the next generation? See, did, the, did those parents leave a right legacy for their kids that are now about to attempt to go in the promised land? No, they left a legacy, a lack of faith, a lack of belief, a lack of trust, all about fear. Their lives are dominated by fear and not faith. And we live in a culture where I've never seen more fear in my 55 years. We're afraid of everything. The stock market dropped 3,000 points in the last few weeks. We're terrified. My faith is not in the stock market. My faith is in the Father above. See, that's the deal. And so... And so their, their legacy that they got left was a lack of faith and full of fear. Is that right? What we want to do is leave a legacy of a bunch of radical, sold-out, spirit-filled, word-walking, soul-winning warriors for God who are not ashamed of the gospel, and we will stand up for the gospel in this generation. Is that the legacy, Faith Promise, you want to leave? And so, man, let's do it. So you heard this weekend that Fusion's coming up in a month. Get your kids to Fusion. If you don't have the money, let us know. We will help you. Well, you know, my kid, they didn't really want to go. Okay, so they didn't really want to go to school. Do they get to stay home? Excuse me? They don't really want to eat dinner. Do they have to eat? Yes, because you make them do what's good for them. And they need to be at Fusion, and they need to be connected with the student ministry. They need to be in there. Matter of fact, some of y'all that are not serving need to dive in there in that next generation and help us leave a legacy, help us build a firm foundation for those kids in Jesus' name. Anybody with me? All right. Now, here we go. Here's the deal. They're about to enter the promised land. The promised land is a land flowing with milk and honey. Let me, just, let me give you a couple words, that, a few words that describe the promised land. It's abundance. It's prosperity, it's favor, and it's rest. Who wants to enter the promised land with that's the description? Anybody going in with me? Okay, amen. All right, some of you, that's a golf clap. So here, here's the deal, here's the deal. Without faith, you don't enter the promised land because without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, I can do all things. So let's pick up some verses out of Joshua chapter 3, and let's build a case. The, they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God with the Levitical priest carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and do what? Do what? Go after it. The ark of the covenant represented the spirit of God or the presence of God. And what Joshua said is, we are going, go after it. So listen, believers. Listen. Don't just read the book without, go after the presence of God. Dude, when you stand up and you confess that homologia section, you stand up and believe and confess it. When you're, when you're going through those questions, that devotional, press in, ask God questions, experience. I mean, press in on the presence of God. When you're praying, press in on God. Man, I pray every day for you, God, meet him in the quiet time, meet him at work, meet him at school, speak to him now, inject him with a double dose of the Holy Ghost. God, move in their marriages, move in the groups, move in the ministry, move in their finances. They're single, give them a godly mate. Lord, would you just open the door every day? I'm praying this over you every single day, believing God to move in your life. Believing. Believing. I mean, that, that, let's, let's go, back, let me, go back one verse. Go after it. Go after it. 
See, go after the presence of God in your private time. Would you all agree with that? Don't just have it except every day. Yesterday, in my quiet time, I wrote, Dear God, I need a glimpse of heaven. I want to watch the cherubim. I want to see the elders. I want to hear the angelic choir. I want to smell the incense, God. I want access in the holy of holies. I want to walk in and climb up in the lap of Abba. I want the presence of God because I'm a hog when it comes to God. Are y'all with me? I just want more. So here's, so get, but pursue the presence of God. There's nothing this world has to compare. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, money, success, everything you can get, it doesn't compare to the presence of God. No, ver, next verse, verse 4. Whenever, the, however, there shall be distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark, by measure, don't come near it, so that you may know the way which you shall go, for you have not what? This way before you've not what? This way before you've not what? Pass this way before. See, a walk of faith is going where you've never been. And this is what you don't like. You like comfort. You like saying, most of you go to the same restaurant and you order the same thing. You sit in the same place. You drive the same way to work, the same way home. You, Because we like sameness and comfort, don't we, church? Come on, don't lie. I will come to your house and so, we, so, and so what did Joshua say? Hey, we're going to march out by faith. We're going where you've never been before. It's the reason we push you. We push you out of your comfort zone. Because the only way to expand your faith is to expand your borders, expand your boundaries. You've got to push. Does this make sense? You've never been this way before. If you only walk the way you've walked, you're not walking by faith. You've been there long enough at sight now. See, we don't like faith. We like the thought of faith, but we don't really want the walk of faith. And so God shows up to Abraham and says, Abraham, I got a plan for you. What's that, Father? He said, I want you to get everything you've got, get all your family, and I want you to move to a land that I'm going to show you. Where is it? I'll tell you later. Is that what God said? How would you like to rent a U-Haul tomorrow, put everything you want in it, drive to I-40 and I-75 and say, which exit, God? Would you do that? There's one. No, we wouldn't do that. We got to reason it to receive it. We got we to be able to calculate it. Are y'all with me? See, we like the thought of faith, but walking where we've never been, doing what we've never done, walking down those roads, it's very, very difficult. Does this make sense? Because we want to know what we know. We want to do what we've done. We want to know what we're comfortable with. And then in verse 5, then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do what? Wonders among you. God's going to do wonders. And so what does Joshua say to the people? Hey, folks, get ready. God's about to do something big. 31 days to increase your faith in the book without? Get ready. 21 days of fasting to begin this year? It's getting ready. What are we getting ready for? The greatest year you've ever had? The greatest year we've ever had? The greatest ministry? The greatest miracles? More people saved? More lives changed? The greatest things we've ever seen? You got to get ready. And so that's why we challenge you. Man, get in there. Help us. Get ready. Dig in. Dive in. Get prepared for what God's about to do. Are you with me? Verse 7. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I'll begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that just as I've been with Moses, I'll be with you. Now let me, let me stop for a second. I'm not going to preach this hard. I'm going to be easy. Spiritual leadership is critical. When you have good leadership, good things happen, right? 
Good leadership in the church, the church does well. Bad leadership in the church, the church does badly. Good leaders in Israel, the nation did well. Bad leaders, the nation did badly. Are y'all with me? It's why John Maxwell spent the last 40 years teaching people leadership. Leadership is influence so that we can help more people. So are y'all with me? So spiritual leadership is, is crucial. It's just critical. Now, let's be real. Many of you spend a certain amount of time criticizing the way I do things as the pastor. Not me. We all do it, don't we? As a matter of fact, let me, just, let me give you a thought. If you guys are 50 and over, I want you to think about this. Listen, the young adults in America have never lived in a culture of honor or respect. They've never lived in a culture where everybody is not criticized publicly on the radio, the television, and everywhere they go. 30, 40 years ago, you wouldn't hear people dogging the president because they had respect for the office. Is that right? You wouldn't. You, now, they dog in the, and they do it in private. They wouldn't do it publicly. And listen, they, he gets criticized whether he or she is a Republican or a Democrat. Are you with me? It's because we live in a nation now where we just criticize everybody. Every football coach, every football player, Every spiritual leader, your boss, your parents, everybody, that's what we do is we criticize, right? Is that right? Come on, that's all right. I do the same thing. So do me a favor. It's good. I want you to pray for me as much as you criticize. Now, now, some of you are going to need 40 days and nights of fasting before you come out of the closet to get even. So when you're in a group and someone said, I can't believe he preached that. I can't believe he said that. All he cares about is money. All he cares about is numbers. No, 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 Put a stopwatch on it. And so if we criticize for seven minutes, okay, we've talked badly. Now let's pray for seven minutes. I like this. Are you with me? Because can I tell you, I criticize y'all. No. Oh, Yeah. 75% of y'all don't tithe. You don't think I don't talk about that? <laughs> Most of y'all show up about two weekends a month. You don't think I don't get mad about that, talk about that? Of course I do. But I will tell you this. I pray for you way more than I criticize you. No doubt. So treat others, Jesus said, the way that you want to be treated. Now, let me give you some verses because, again, the reason I picked this passage, I felt like the Lord laid it to me, is because faith takes the what? The what? First step. In this, in this passage, God has told Joshua, get the priest, get the ark, and I want you to march down to the river. The river is overflowing its banks. I want you to step in the river. Faith takes the first step. And when you step into the river that's a raging, flooding river, when you step into it, I'm going to shut it off. And so let's read about that. Let's roll. You shall moreover command the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over ahead of you into the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan will be cut off, and the waters which are flowing down from above will stand up in a heap. Beautiful sight. Then those who carried the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests carrying the ark were dipped into the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all of its banks in all the days of the harvest. 
The waters which were flowing down from above stood and rose up in one heap a great distance away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathan. And those who were and those which were flowing down toward the sea of Arabah, the salt sea, were completely cut off, so that the people crossed opposite to Jericho. And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while Israel crossed on dry ground until all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan. Unbelievable picture. Faith takes the what step? Now see, what we've said is, hey, pile all the water up, dry the river, then I'll step in. See, that's the natural way, isn't it? Isn't it? It's the way we do most everything we do. Stop the water. Remember, let me show you a couple of pictures of the Jordan River in the, in the season. That's the Jordan. Some places, Jordan's very narrow. That's the Jordan. You can climb up those. Uh, Qumran is not far up there. Well, we go up there when I take groups to Israel. How'd you like to walk in the middle of that? You wouldn't. So God told the priest, get the ark, step in. When you step in, we'll cut the waters off. And we say, no, 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 God, no. You got it backwards. Cut the waters off, then we'll step in. How much faith does it take to step in to on the dry bank after God's cut the water off? How much? It doesn't take any, but this is what we do. Are you ready for your Sam? You know, I'm going to serve one day, but I'm going to serve after I feel ready. See, I don't feel like I'm good enough now, Pastor. I don't feel really equipped. I'm a little afraid now, so I'm going to wait to serve God at Faith Promise Church after I feel like it. No, God says faith takes the what? First step. I'm afraid. Take it anyway. I'm going to move. Do it anyway. Just march out there and do it anyway. But you don't understand, Pastor. I'm afraid. We're afraid all the time. 17,000 people for Easter, opening up God behind bars, finding a place in Loudoun County. Everything we do terrifies me. But you know what you'll never do? You'll never sit on the couch and overcome your fear until you get off the couch and you step into that which you are afraid of. Does that make sense? I'm afraid to serve. Serve anyway. I'm afraid. I was talking to a friend of mine this week on the phone. She serves in our student ministry. He said, you know, for years I served, in, I served in recovery. He said, I want to serve in student ministry because I want to stop it before they need recovery. So that's leaving a legacy. That's the deal. This is what, this what 75% of you say. Are you ready? Hey, I'll give after I have enough money, after I've paid all my bills, and after I've got money in the bank, and after I've got my kids' savings, and after, and after, and after. See, then I'm going to start giving, and God says, no. You give, then I'll bless. Faith takes the what step? First step. See, many of you have been broke for 20 years. Why not try it God's way? Your way's not working. Do it God's way. Step out there. Faith takes the first step. I've told you before, when I was the brokest, when my kids were little, I was pastoring Bethel, a new church plant. I was making $16,000 a year, no interest, no, I mean, no, no retirement, no health care, no nothing, couldn't feed them. We, we went from 10% to 20. Because why? Didn't matter 10 or 20, we didn't have enough anyway. And so we stepped out there and moved in generosity, and God provided every need we have. Listen, we don't have any problem now giving. You know why? Because we stepped out when we were afraid, and we stepped out when we were afraid, and God met us every time. Does this make sense? All right, you don't like that, but that's okay. It really is okay. Because, see, we like the thought of faith. We don't like the faith walk. Because the faith walk is uncomfortable. The faith walk takes me out of my comfort zone. It takes me out of where I used to go and what I used to do. I don't want to add anything. I said, I don't do anything. I said, I don't want to face anything else. And so I'm going to stay in what I know now. Does this make sense? Are you all out there? 
Hey, you want to grow in your faith? You got it. Hey, you've never gone this way before. You've never gone this way before. Some may say, well, I'll join the core later. I'll join the core. You know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to join that later. No, join it now. Get in there now. Hell yeah, but you know, man, I don't, I don't have a small group yet. I don't know. Hey, come on, get on in. You want your faith to grow? Get committed and connected to the body of God. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. They'll flourish. Now, what we know is without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, we can't please God. But you know what? Faith takes the which step? Which step? You read the Bible, God is moved by faith all the way through. Old Testament, New Testament. All the way through, faith moves the people that moves the heart of God. How many times when Jesus was walking here, did he respond to the faith of the people? Be it done according to your faith. Man, your faith has healed you. Your faith, go, your, go, you know, go on your way all the time. Now, again, let me, let, me, let, me, let me bust a myth. If you're listening, say, I am. Well, if I had a miracle, if I saw a miracle, I'd have more faith. No, you wouldn't. The people that missed the promised land saw more miracles than any generation has ever seen. And they refused to believe that they could go in the promised land. I'll give you another one. Jesus is teaching 5,000 men, 25,000 people, because there's 5,000 men, there's 25, you know, there's 20,000 others, because the men are always outnumbered by the women and kids. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. Of course it is. And so, they, and so Jesus feeds 25,000 people with a couple sardines and a couple biscuits. Now, let me ask you a question. The disciples get that food. It's multiplied in their hand. Did those disciples know Jesus just did a miracle? Excuse me? They know it. No, was there a question? No question. They get done. Jesus said, pick up all the leftovers. How many baskets were there? Twelve. How many disciples? Twelve. Take your goodie bags, get in the boat, go to the other side. I'll catch up with you later. They sail on out. Storm begins to rise up, and they begin to squeal like middle school girls. Ah, we're drowning. <laughs> then Jesus walks on the water, catches up to them. Ah, it's a monster. It's a ghost. It's a zombie. Oh. Now, let's think with me. Six hours ago, they watched the food materialize in their hands, and they're terrified. Jesus gets in the boat. Wind stops, the waves stop. They go, golly, <laughs> who is this that the winds and the waves obey him? And Jesus said this, are your heart so hardened that you didn't learn anything from the loaves and the fish six hours ago? See, seeing a miracle won't increase your faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Your faith will grow the more you know this book. Those disciples saw Jesus do stuff every day, raise the dead, heal the blind, cleanse the leper, make the, make the, blind, the lame to walk. I mean, just, he just walked out, pop, 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 pop. And did they believe? Man, they, 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 Jesus kept saying, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Where's your... Miracles don't grow your faith. So quit believing what you see. Believe what God's saying. Are you with me? So that's the deal. And what we've got to do, we've got to learn to speak faith. I, I almost preached this passage this weekend because I love it. David has been anointed king, but he's not the king. He has 600 tush hogs. I'm talking about the baddest dudes in Israel. And so they're making all these raids. They've got their wives and kids, and they're amassing all this stuff. They're becoming wealthy men. And they go on a raid. When they get back, they find that the raiders have been raided. Every wife is gone, every kid is gone, everything they have has been taken. They begin to wail, they begin to cry, they begin to shout out, our wives are dead, raped, our kids are gone. 
They began to throw dust in the air. It was horrible. And then they got a committee together and said, at sundown, we're killing David. This is why I know y'all criticize the pastor. Been doing it since Genesis. And so, and so here's it. Not everybody. Just most of us. And so, what, and so, and so they're going to kill David. They're going to kill him. And so David, the Bible says, while they were planning on killing him, encouraged himself in the Lord. He began to speak faith to himself in God. He got over in a corner while, that, while they're planning on killing him. Man, he started, he started doing some confession. He started saying, you know what? When I was a shepherd boy, I killed that bear. I killed that lion. God that threw the stars in the skies, the God that is the creator, could save our wives. He can keep them safe. Our kids are okay. God, you've let us win every battle that we have ever fought. You are provided. You've come through God every single time. So, God, I believe we're going to get it back. I believe we're going to be restored. God, I believe it. So in the middle of all these people wailing, David jumps up and said, hey, Anybody want your wives back? Anybody want your stuff? Come with me because I'm going to get mine. And so, man, they mount up, they go. They find the Amalekites, they kill all of them. They take all their wives back, all their kids back, all their stuff back, and twice as much. So a few hours ago, they're ready to kill David. Now they're worth twice as much. Why? Because one man began to encourage himself in the Lord. And so when all hell's breaking loose, when your life sucks, when you've lost your job and you don't know how you keep your house and you don't know how you're going because you've lost someone you love or you're discouraged, you've got to speak to yourself by faith. You've got to say, my God can. My God is able. My God is going to come through. He's going to move them out. He's going to burst through. That's, see, that's how faith increases. So now let me ask you a question. Who wants to march into the promised land with me? Anybody going? All right, here's the deal. Woo! Spirit of God, we come to you. You know we live in a world of doubt and disbelief. One of a world that's filled with fear and terror. Stock markets drop 3,000 points. People are freaking out about everything. Wars and rumors of wars and political campaigns. But we come as the promisers. We come to see our faith increased. We believe, God, no matter what we face, that the righteous will not be forsaken, and we've never seen their descendants begging bread. We believe, God, that you'll come through. You'll restore marriages. We believe you'll bring the prodigals home. We believe those that don't have jobs, you're going to get better jobs, that you're going to come through, God. You're the God that's Jehovah Jireh. You're our provider. We believe, God, that you're going to move. You're going to restore. You're Jehovah Rapha. You're going to heal. We believe you, God, no matter what we see, no matter what we hear, we have assurance. We have conviction of that which we do not see, of that which we hope. Faith speaks that which is not as though it is. And so we believe we're going to move into an era, an era of an anointing of ease. You said take our yokes upon you for your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And God, we receive that light, that anointing of ease. God, would you move on every person, every family, every, every single group, every ministry, every campus. Let us walk in the promised land, God, and let thousands come and find the peace, the shalom, and the joy that only God can bring. In Jesus' name, who receives that in the house? Come on. Woo. My mercy. You may not know, but it's some good preaching. I'm not sure if you realize. I'm just kidding. Come on. I'm kidding. Lighten up. I don't take myself that seriously. You shouldn't either. With 1,100 people in this room and few other thousand watching on video at all of our other campuses. You think there's some people who hadn't yet bowed their knee to Jesus? You think there's some people that need him? Church, if you would, those of you that are saved, 
Would you want the people that are not yet saved to come and learn the love that God has given you? Are, are you glad you gave your heart to Jesus? Come on, somebody, I can't hear you. You need to let me know. All right. So with every eye, every head, every eye closed, we're going to pray this prayer with you. We're going, to, we're going to pray this confessional prayer with those of you that are ready to give Jesus your life. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, and I'm far from you, but I want to be close. I want to be intimate by faith. You died on the cross. You rose from the grave, and you're listening to my prayer. I confess you as my Lord. By faith, I want to grow. I want to honor you. I want to be a blessing in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, somebody give God's praise in the house. Woo! Now listen, you got to listen faster. Some of you were not going to come to church. Aren't you glad you did? Aren't you glad you came? So listen, next week, take these cards. Bring back, bring some friends because, listen, way to go. Look, you see them back there, that side? You see them, that side? Other side's naked, almost. We're going to fill both of those next weekend. You're going to bring some people back from Maxwell and God. Come on, are you? So, listen, if you gave your heart to Jesus, fill the communication card. If you need something, fill it out, drop the offering box, or take it to the next sex. They'll help you. We got people down here to pray with you. I'm way past. Love on the kids' ministry. People walk in faith this week, church. <laughs>